Now that we've had some time to go over things after the Steelers' crazy win over the Ravens, we asked the big question, was the end of that game with Kenny Pickett and George Pickens something really to build off, or is that more of a mirage of just last-minute heroics? We'll talk about that and our Week 5 Stars and Skulls grades all here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Alan Saunders. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Now, Alan, we got a lot to talk about in, in this game, but I want to I want to talk about with you leading off what we saw from the offense. The offense was completely inept for pretty much the entire game. They started to move the ball a little bit in the second half, had a couple big plays here and there, and then on that last drive, you saw Kenny Pickett hit Allen Robinson really well, hit George Pickens really well, and then hit George Pickens with the best pass he's had all season with the deep ball that he had down the sideline, which I, I, I have this theory, and I want to hear your 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 uh, response to my hypothesis here. I think on that deep ball, Marlon Humphrey, the way that he tried to press George Pickens, I think he was looking for the back shoulder on that play. And and because the Steelers had used it so many times already with George Pickens, and when he bit on that one back shoulder point, he realized, oh, snap, and that's when George Pickens ran ran right by him. Did you get the same reaction when you watched the play? Yeah, they got that look on, I think it might have been the first third down of the game. Mm. Um, They made the same check. Now, they weren't in the same play, but they made the same check. Pickens was alone on the backside, same way, pressed up against Humphrey, and Pickens didn't stop, but Kenny threw a back shoulder, and it just kind of fell like 10 yards incomplete. I don't know if you remember the play I'm talking about. I I think think it was the first third down of the game or the second third down of the game where the first one of the first two punts there right like pick you know pick it it was a blitz pick it they they, they picked it up and pick it through it and and george didn't stop it just didn't seem like they were on the same page and sure felt to me like humphrey was thinking oh pickens is gonna stop this time and what really mm-hmm. happened was oh kenny's going in deep this time <laughs> and that was and that was a fate you can almost if you watch it like slow-mo you can almost see the Okay, I got. Oh, I don't got uh, this at all. Like, I, you know, like it. It was. It, he, you know, it, I really think he was expecting Pickens to break that off. Mostly, I think probably because the, you know the down and distance in the game situation, right? I mean, the Steelers needed five yards to get into field goal range, maybe right. ten to get a first down and keep the clock moving. But they didn't really need anything more than that. So as a cornerback, you're thinking like, okay, defend short, defend short. He's going to break it off, and then when he doesn't, I mean, that's why that play works because he's just not expecting the Steelers to take a deep shot. He knows that the Ravens have an all out blitz. And that right. even if the Steelers want to take a deep shot, Pickens probably, or I'm sorry, Pickett is probably not going to have enough time to make that throw. So he can skew his coverage to say, right. I think he's going to break it. I think he's going to break it. Oh, he didn't break it. Oh no. There's the ball crap. 
But yeah, I mean, you could just see that's exactly what he was expecting there. No, I, I, I agree. That's exactly what happened there. But on top of that, I, I also thought we saw a confident Kenny Pickett again in just that just that that late late part of the game. He started making the the the, the, the throws into tight windows. He started making them on time, really believing in himself. The question I have for you, you Alan. Can, can can the Steelers replicate that? Is there something that they can do to get Kenny Pickett to get into that part of his game earlier? So I mean, I mean, or just not in the last part of it? Because again, last year that was it was more acceptable being a rookie and like, hey, they're not asking you to do too much. Don't don't be too risky. And and you guys wrote a great piece on this at SteelersNow.com on Kenny Pickett didn't make the big mistake. And that's a huge part of this win, right? If they, if he throws if he throws an interception at any other point in the game or any point in the game. The, the, the Steelers probably probably lose that. I, I think that there's been a good emphasis on him making smarter decisions, but he still has to get into that sooner. And I think I, 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 it just makes me wonder, when are we going to see this replicated if we ever are going to? I don't think that you could have seen it earlier in that game because it required the game situation for Baltimore to get desperate on defense for mm. those things to open up, right? I mean, if you're defending the Pittsburgh Steelers right now and they're throwing in routes at you, Connor Hayward, Allen Robinson, uh, you know, Jalen Warren, uh, Calvin Austin, and George Pickens, are you ever in a million years going to give George Pickens single coverage? Not right. if I don't have not, to. Not, not, yeah. not, not unless you make me. And that's what happened, is that the Steelers hung around in – and hung around and hung around. And finally they got their offense into a position where the Ravens were like, crap, five more yards. They kick a field goal. It's over. We have to be aggressive now. And that's when they got them. That's when they got, they were waiting. They were ready for it. They practiced it all week. They were ready for it. They knew if they could get Baltimore into that situation where they felt like they had to be aggressive on defense, that's when they could take advantage of it. But without guys like Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, and without the running game working at a level that we have not seen it yet this season, I'm not sure how else you get defenses desperate that way. I don't know what else they can do to set themselves up for that kind of success unless they get some of their other weapons back or they start running the ball better. Those are the things that they're going to need to do to get teams to take some of that pressure away from George Pickens and open that up for Kenny Pickett more often. I'm right with you. I want to get your opinion on this because you had an epic rant on your, on your own podcast about the Matt Canada theory. Now to explain the, the conspiracy theory that's out there. The conspiracy so I guess, theory that it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess because Matt Canada was not in the like, I don't know, nine second clip they played on CBS. He wasn't like celebrating with the rest of the people. He, in the he box. didn't, he didn't celebrate when Kenny Pickett threw the touchdown to George Pickens, the way that the rest of the booth did. And you just see him kind of staring with a non response. Like it's just like a poker face that he's just staring at the field. And so fans started wildly theorizing, Oh, that wasn't his call. The, the call he's that Kenny made, it, uh, he was mad that they scored a touchdown because it wasn't his call. And I'm like, listen, y'all are stretching. I, and I said this yesterday. Y'all are stretching so much right now. Like, I get that y'all don't like the man. And there's plenty to not like. I, I've said, like, I think that he's not doing a good job. And I have my reasons as for why I think that he where he's coming up short. But, like, on that play, clearly Kenny Pickett was saying, Randy, Randy, which meant adjust the line protection to the right. They're coming from that side. That's exactly what they did. Uh, he made He made the throw. 
that he said they practiced against that specific type of coverage all week long and it paid off. So clearly Matt Canada, Canada wasn't mad that they scored a touchdown there. He was probably in so, but Alan, give us your take on this and just how crazy this, these, the conspiracy theories continue, continue to spin here. Yeah. I mean, look, if Kenny Pickett, the dumbest part about it is that if Kenny Pickett calls an audible and, and they score a touchdown, it's not like that reflects poorly on us coordinator. Like that's quarterback right. development. That's what we've needed to see from Kenny Pickett. That's one of, that's the reason to not have faith in Matt Canada. Like as we've talked about many, many times, like, so it's, it's a total non issue either way. I'm sure he was just worried about the two point play, whether they were going to go for two or kick the field goal. And then if they were going to go for two, whether he had a play, he felt good about in that circumstance, uh, you know, that that's, I think, you know, there's, there's what, 10 people in that booth in that moment. He is the only one that has a job to do. Right. Everyone else is just reacting to the game and celebrating like they're winning. You know, we sit in the press box, right? And the press box is quiet. Like, what's your reaction to that? I mean, if there's a camera on you or me, is it going to look that different than what Matt Canada just Agreed. did? No, because we got a job to do. Now, look, behind We're typing us, furiously. <laughs> yeah, behind us, like Andy Weidel and, and some of the other, like, uh, mm -hmm. scouts, they're up behind us. Like, now they got to be quiet because they're sitting in the press box. They're like, yeah, fist bumping <laughs> each other and stomping on the Okay. Yeah, because they're not doing anything. They have no responsibility on game day. They're just a fan in a suit. Okay. But in that moment, Matt Canada's working, man. And that's his yeah. working man face. I don't know what to tell you. No, I'm right with you. I, I think that's a that's a big nothing burger. I do think that he that he needs to be part of working with Kenny Pickett to make sure that they can find things that that work that work for them. Seeing the middle part of the field because again, there's guys that are open. I, I've been looking at the all twenty two and man, this is another game where there were opportunities to make plays. But again, the fact that Kenny Pickett avoided the big mistake and made the big play in the end that's another sign that I think that he can put it together, Allen. What is the big step that you think this this offense needs to take to hurdle over and find its way to just being able to be a reasonable offense that doesn't have games like they have against the Browns, the Raiders, and the and the Ravens in those three wins? They need more easy yards. And I think if you look at their personnel, what's available to them right now, the running game should be a source of easier yards, and it hasn't been. Like this offensive line that we talked about all offseason, how improved it should be, it, that I hasn't agree. panned out. Like they have not been better. And so they're not getting, even though they are running against some heavier boxes, they're just not winning routinely enough on the offensive line. If I was the Steelers offensive coordinator or running this team during this bye week, I would be looking hard at what runs we've had that worked, what runs we've had that didn't. How do we strengthen the menu of running plays to get more runs that are working more often? They just need to more reliably, more consistently be able to get three, four yards. Now, you can do that with a short passing game, too. Look at the New England Patriots yeah. and, and the T Tom Brady glory years, right? Like <laughs> yeah, you, not now. <laughs> you, can, you can you can do uh, you, you, know, you can do that with a short passing game, too, but without Deontay Johnson, without Pat Fryermuth, I think that's a little bit more difficult. So I think they've got to find a way to more effectively run the ball, get in easier down-and-distance situations, and get teams – desperate to stop them i think that's the biggest thing for this offense if they can start to do that they can open things up in, in a better way mike Tomlin was asked about that after the game and he said look you can say one opens the other it doesn't matter it's all about your perspective but they're complementary and i think that's the important part is that you, you can't do just one thing as an offense got to be able to find a way to do multiple things and work them together and i think that's the big struggle for them right now Absolutely. We got stars and skulls coming up next here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Our grades 
for how the Steelers performed in this win over the Ravens. All that coming up here and more. Stick with us. We'll be right back with that. But first, we got to remind you, this show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the app that you can download right to your phone to make buying tickets for your favorite events not a stressful effort because Game Time is an app that makes it fast and easy to buy tickets for all your events, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater events, anything near you. Game Time can help you to find the best ticket deals. And because they have killer killer deals on last-minute tickets and they have a best price guarantee that just can't be beat. Download the Game Time app today. It allows you to book tickets up to the last minute, even if it's an hour after the event has started. If you're running behind and you're trying to figure out the best deal, just look on the game time app. They'll help you find the best. They'll help you find the best seat. They'll even show you what the view is from those seats. And they'll put all their prices up front. So you're not getting hit with hidden fees that you didn't see on the final price. You just look at the price, two taps, and, and the tickets are yours. Go download the game time app today and get exclusive flash deals on the tickets for football, basketball, baseball, com- concerts, comedy, comedy, theater events near you. Game time is here to help with all of that and their best price guarantee can't be beat because if you find tickets to the same section and same row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, it's time for some stars and some skulls. We'll let you pick it today. Where do we start? Skulls? Let's start, start, with, let's start with stars. Let's start with stars. Okay. Let's start, start with the stars. Let's start with the stars. We're going to build our way up and then tear everything down. All right. But let's start with the stars. We'll start with our one stars. Quite a few one stars in this game that I had. We start off with uh, linebackers, linebackers Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts. I felt like... These two guys, they they both were were big assets to the Steelers. I thought that Cole Holcomb specifically, he made he had some key misses early on that kind of hurt the team. There were some bad spots that he could have been better, but both were definitely assets in this game uh, and, and made some big spots. I almost gave Landon Roberts two stars for his third and one stop because he was close there. And I might even revise that later, but I thought they were huge. I also thought Keanu Benton was really big in the defensive front when he was in there. I saw him really controlling the, the, the line of scrimmage as well as Armin Watts. Just speaking on the defensive lineman on my one-star list, there's a few more we'll talk about. But, Alan, what did you see from the defensive front that impressed you and were these, were these guys deserving of one-stars in your book? I thought they were generally pretty good at keeping Lamar Jackson in the pocket. I know that's hard to do. I thought they were generally pretty good at not giving the Ravens cheap running yards. Like they, they, they did not uh, get beat. You know, they just didn't get beat one on one, and that meant that like a lot of those Baltimore up the middle handoffs that they like to run just didn't really do much for them. I actually thought the Ravens kind of got away from the run unnecessarily in this game. I thought they could have run the ball a little bit more. They just didn't seem like they tried to establish the run really that that hard, and um, but I, I thought a lot of that had to do with the fact that guys like Keanu Benton and and uh, Larry and and Mont, which I assume we'll talk about, uh, yeah, they weren't moving. You know, they, they weren't giving ground. Mike right. Tomlin talked about that pile moving forward. I thought the Steelers did a much better job of that on the defensive line. 
Absolutely. Other guys, I gave one-star grades. Levi Wallace, he had two plays where they tried him deep and he was ready both times. He wasn't great in this game, but I thought he at least held his ground there. I gave him credit for that. Minka Fitzpatrick, I thought he was in some good spots. Uh, Darnell Washington, I thought he helped in some in some protection packages really well and was, was a big blocker. I still think he needs to get targeted. I, there's some plays that he's just wide open, and I'm like, my goodness, just get him the football. Uh, Miles Killebrew for the block punt. Uh, it was only one place so I gave him one star, but man, if I could give, if I, if I gave, if, if that was, that was a huge game changing play. My, I, I thought about giving him three stars for just one moment, but uh, that being said, Connor Hayward, yes, he did bump into Gunnar Olszewski on that play, but he was a really good run blocker when they started to get that going in the second half. So I gave him a star. I also gave Brad wing for good punching Nate Herbig. I thought his run blocking was helpful. His pass blocking still needs some work, but I thought he was better this game than he was against the Texans. And I gave Kenny Pickett one star for the big for the big win at the end. Again, he didn't make the big mistake, but he like throughout the game, if he didn't, if he doesn't throw that touchdown pass, he's getting at least one skull, maybe even two, because there were opportunities there that he wasn't taking. But still, you've got to give him credit for 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 winning the game in the end. Yeah, I think that's kind of the game plan right now, right? Like, they're not expecting to be great on offense. They just need to be close, give that guy a chance. And I think he's proven that if you give him that chance, you should have faith in him to come through. I feel like that is the one area of this offense that the Steelers should feel good about is if they need a touchdown in a two-minute drill, they have been able to consistently go get it. I'm right with you there. Let's move on to our two-star grades here moving up. I got four players with two-star grades here. I got Jalen Warren because he energized the offense hugely in that in that second half. I thought he was a major asset to the Steelers there. I also got Broderick Jones. He's my highest-graded uh, offensive lineman. I also now am now and now thinking back. I went to put Isaac Siamala as a one-star, so that will be a retrograde that I add there. Uh, but Broderick Jones. I, he only allowed one pressure was the time he got beat to his inside shoulder, but he looked solid in pass protection. And when they got the run game going, he was going. I was really impressed by the rookie in his first start. And there were some times he was one-on-one with Jadavian Clowney and Allen. He stoned him. Jadavian Clowney's no joke either. I mean, he's playing really well this year. I thought that was a great game. Great first game for Broderick Jones. There was, you know, there was enough where, you know, that's a good opponent. He did get beat a couple times, especially that one time to the inside where it kind of wrecked the whole play. But I mean, like, I thought he was really, really impressive for his first start. Uh, you know, I expect big things for him. I do think there will be missteps in the passport protection. You can just see that there's even when he wasn't getting beat, there were some great reps and there were some reps, but that's like that's okay. That's this is exactly the kind of game you want to see from him. I thought it was very promising. And uh, yeah, who else you have on the list? There was the the two stars. Oh, Jalen Warren was awesome. Yeah, and uh, we talked about Larry O, and we talked about the defensive line and JPJ. Man, I'm not sure what more he could do in this game. Like he just needs to play more. Like because yeah, he's, he's been if, doing great. If he played the whole game, he probably and had those numbers. I would have given him three stars, two stars because he really didn't have to. But but like the other thing, I looked at the all twenty two. Allen Joy Porter Jr. really impressed me because. He he was blanketing guys. Like there was a there was a rep on a third down where Lamar Jackson ended up having to just eat the sack or or he tried to run. He got tackled for like a gain of one yard on a third and long. But like Joey Porter Jr. One on one with Odell Beckham Jr. just gets in his hip pocket. Odell Beckham tries to set up a corner route. He just runs and runs and runs him, establishes leverage, and then it's, and, and as Odell Beckham Jr. is turning, he sticks with him for about four and a half to five seconds. That, that's a win. When you take that away, I got a receiver away for that long, you win the play. And I saw him do that 
consistently when I was looking back at this game, he was good. And then, of course, the game-changing interception. I almost gave him three stars, again, for just that moment because that was such a huge moment for the Steelers. But Joey Porter Jr. getting some real action, getting two stars. He, uh, you know, in the limited bites that he's had, he's living up to the hype. And back to Larry Ogunjobi. Not only was he a force in the defensive front, uh, there were times I went back and I thought it was Keanu Benton getting pushed. And I was like, no, wait, that's 99 getting getting pushed. I thought Ogan Joby might have been the, be- the best defensive lineman in this game. And, of course, he had that huge forced fumble early in this game where if he doesn't punch that out and the Ravens are moving the ball, this game might go a completely different direction. Uh, it's, it's little things like that. Well, they're big things like that. But when you stack up all these different plays, when you make plays like that, you change the course of everything and you give your team another chance, that kind of stuff adds up and, get, and gets wins. Probably six point play, probably. Probably, I, I I think that's six point play for sure. Moving on to our three stars, most we've had all season so far for three star grades. Let's look at it here: T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith. I can't say enough about these guys. They're the best edge rushing duo in the NFL. T.J. Watt, two sacks. Alex Highsmith, yes sir, he only had one sack. He did force a fumble. Alan, he Alex was crushing the run game. There was a play early on, and I put this on, on my Twitter account, so go check that out at Carter Critiques if you want to see that. But there was a play where the Ravens tried to run, and they tried to wham block him with, I think it was Ricard or whoever their fullback is, forty number 42. He tries yeah. to wham block him, and then the right guard pulls to try to go out and blow it up. He stones the fullback wham block. He stones the guard pull. And then, like, reaches through them and then brings down Gus Edwards at the line of scrimmage. And I was like, my goodness, that's just – that's ridiculous. That's a T.J. Watt type of play. And that's what we're starting to see from Alex Highsmith is that he is making T.J. Watt types of plays while T.J. Watt is on the field. They're the best edge-rushing duo in the NFL. I don't have to say all the great things that T.J. Watt did. Y'all know I'm, like, I'm getting to – I'm just going to leave T.J. Watt in the three-star column – for eternity because he's just going to keep being there because he's just a superstar player. He's going to, he's going to win defensive player of the year, but Alex Highsmith is, is putting himself into the conversation of not just, not just a, a relevant pass rusher, but one of the best in the NFL. And I really am impressed by his run defense. You know, I thought that was an under talked about part of his game where he had this like sort of really advanced pass rush repertoire. Even when he came into the league as a rookie from Charlotte, you looked at the tape and the spin move and that kind of stuff just it popped right away. It was obvious how good he was in that area. I thought he really struggled as a young player in run defense and he has gotten so much better as a run defender and it makes such a big difference when the t- other team doesn't have a side they feel comfortable running to, it's just it's 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 darn if you do and darn if you don't. You're either going at ninety or you're going to fifty six, and you're probably going to lose no matter which way you go. It makes a huge difference. Um, I really feel like they're getting great run defense from their edges. There were a couple plays in this game where I thought Alex uh, got sucked inside a little bit on that on that mesh, the option, but they, yeah. they, they they figured it out. They got it adjusted. And it was really a great game from those two edge rushers. We had a conversation this offseason about whether it was worth it for the Steelers to pay another, you know, TJ's buddy, you know, mm-hmm. second Robin to Batman. Forget all that. He is worth every penny they're paying. I'm right with you here. Finishing out my three-star greats, Chris Boswell, because he just keeps making the kicks you ask of him. Uh, he's delivering there. But George Pickens, I, I know that, like, numbers-wise, like – 
it was just really 130 yards in the touchdown and the game-winning touchdown. But that wasn't why I gave him a three-star. That was a, that was a good two-star effort. But when I looked back and I saw him run blocking, I saw him crushing people. That was the George Pickens we saw at Georgia that was just a dog at all times. And to me, to me, Allen, effort like that from George Pickens, if you see that game in and game out, he will be a top five receiver in the NFL. You know, I kind of think he had an under-talked-about, not very good couple weeks leading up to this game, too. I like, agree. I talked about that last week. I was like, like, mm. like he wasn't bad. He just wasn't George. And and I think, you know, when you have a guy that is such an emotional player and he's going to wear his heart on the sleeve, and you can see that from the tape at Georgia and and just in our interactions with him, it, it's pretty clear. Right. I mean, there's a first quarter. Mike Tomlin's over there talking to him on the sideline with his hand on his shoulder, you know, trying to keep George calm. And I think those players are going to have those, you know, he's not going to be TJ Watt where he's in the three star category every week. He maybe is not going to be that kind of consistent type of player. But when you get him going and when you get him in a game like this where you can build on emotion, I just think that's where he's going to shine. I think the one thing the Steelers offense has going for it is I love the heart and the passion of the people involved. If you look at the things that Najee Harris said when he stood up and talked to the media this week, if you look at the way Kenny Pickett has played in close games and stretch runs, if you look at George Pickens, just, you know, his ability, his passion, these guys care and they're Mm -hmm. good players. And I think that when you have good players that care, it means so much like, you know, with, with due respect to like the, the lunch pail guy, who's like the scrappy leader of a team that just right. isn't that talented and tries hard. Like it hits different when it's your best players out there with the fire and the passion and the energy. And I think George Pickens brought that in a big way. And it was a huge reason they won this game. My last three-star grade here before we get to the skulls after the break here is Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander, man, I thought he had a good game, but Matt Dude had a really good game, Alec. Like, he came out in this game, three tackles for loss. You just felt all of them. One of them came on when the Steelers had the Ravens pinned in the red zone, pinned pinned back on their own goal line. The Ravens are trying to set up a screen pass. The defensive Mm -hmm. line, by the way, destroys the offensive line and makes them out of the play. But then you see just Quan Alexander. He almost intercepts this pass. Like he's, he's a, he's a, like a, a hand away from catching it and just walking five yards into the end zone. But either way, he brings justice Hill down back in the back in the backfield sets up the third and long, which sets up the blocked punt. Just, just to play after that and was huge there. Then on the flip side, after Gunnar Olszewski's fumble that puts the, that gives the Ravens great field position. And they're, they look at they're about to win the game. They tried the shovel pass to Mark Andrews and he just and at first you see Quan Alexander, he's running with Justin Hill, Justice Hill, he's trying to make sure he's on his man, and he just diagnoses the play, sees the shovel pass, crushes Mark Andrews, play blown up, destroyed. And he wasn't even around for when the Steelers did that all the time. Cause I was thinking, like, the Steelers used to call that every week during two, seven shots. That was coming. You knew it was coming, it got predictable to a point, and yet he's able to still read it out. And then, of course, his sack, a play where TJ Watt gets pressure. The entire and this is again a, a testament to the entire defensive line throughout this game. They kind of formed a wall around around Lamar Jackson in a six-man rush. And when TJ breaks through, Lamar's able to escape him, but he only has one way to go. And Quan Alexander disengages his man, 
brings him down, makes the big play. Quan Alexander, three-star performance. I thought he was spectacular. I thought that whole inside linebacker room was the best we've seen each one of them in this game. I agree. Like that was that was really good. They played well together. I thought the Steelers, and you know, I was I've been critical. I thought Terrell Austin did not do the best job of putting each of them in their individual best position to succeed. I feel like they got the mix and match right in this game. It's probably a lot to do with how well they know the Ravens, that they feel comfortable in, in assessing those matchups. It's a little more difficult when you're playing teams like the 49ers and the Texans that you don't see all that much. Like they know the Ravens and they got it dialed in for this one. And I thought they did a great job of turning Quan Alexander loose. It sure seems like for the first time, it felt like uh, that the Steelers really did upgrade their inside linebacker position in a significant way this offseason. Absolutely. We'll get to the skulls on the other side of this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Our skulls grades coming up right after this break. But before we get to before we get to the skulls, we got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book in all of America, and FanDuel Sportsbook you download onto your phone right now. You can you can you can sign up, and new customers get five. If you bet five dollars, you get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets guarantee. I mean, you don't have to win your five dollar bet. You don't have to lose your five dollar bet. You just have to bet five dollars, and that's two hundred dollars back in bonus bets. That's player prop bets. That's that's overs, that's unders, that's spreads, anything you want. Bonus bets are here to, to help to help you make more money when you play on FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will also get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. It's a deal you can't pass up. It's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get and enjoy this NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Now, Alan, let's go over our Skulls grades here because uh, there, it wasn't all pretty all, all around. And we I got a few guys that I wanted to shout out. Now, I want to preface this with the defensive line, guys. And as we said, the defensive line did well. Montrevious Adams didn't have a terrible game, but there were times I was seeing him getting pushed off the ball in the run game. And if he was the one interior defender, well, two to two defenders with Isaiah Loudermilk. They were the two guys I saw not holding up their own ends of the bargains uh, as well enough. So those two guys, as well as the other safeties, Keanu Neal and Demonte KZ, I felt like they could have been help, more helpful in coverage than they were. Uh, but those guys are my one skull grades. Not terrible games, just get, like you, you'd like to see a little bit better out of them. Yeah, two points here. I, I think I thought Mont Adams was good most of the time. I feel like he was probably used a little bit too much. He had like 50-some snaps. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would like to see 10 to 15 fewer snaps of Mont Adams and 10 to 15 more snaps of Keanu Benton, and I bet the Steelers get a better overall performance out of Adams, and they get better play when Benton's on the field too. I think that's a win-win. Neil and, and KZ, one of my big, uh, you know, talked about in my profile at SteelersNow.com before the game. I do pregame primer. I highlight a matchup. How are they going to stop Mark Andrews? 
Uh, these guys were kind of the answer, and they kind of didn't do a very good job of it. Andrews was open all day. If he hadn't had three drops, he would have had a monster Mark Andrews kind of game and probably been a winning factor for the Baltimore Ravens. Certainly wasn't because the Steelers' coverage has to be better. They play some big tight ends. They've got to find a better answer. You know, Terrell Edmonds was that guy for them for so long. They've got to find a way uh, to combat that better than they have so far. I'm right agree with you there. Let's get to my two skull grades here. A few guys I wanted to give. And Patrick Peterson, listen, I feel like Patrick Peterson, he's 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 starting to to really show his his age in some of the plays where I just felt like he was he was just unable to keep up with guys in front of him. And that was that was a big problem. Mason Cole, I thought he was again the worst of the offensive line. Some run plays, he was just getting pushed back. If he wasn't double teaming somebody with someone else helping him. He was not looking good pass protection-wise. He was also giving up pressure up the middle. Um, I thought he also struggled. But I know there are some people out there disappointed that we did not give a bus ticket to the grade to Gunnar Olszewski. But I will say this, it was considered. I almost did it. But if we're being honest about grades and how I perform, you know, give give grades out of, you know, bus tickets when you do something so terrible, so stupid, and there's nothing else you did in this game to redeem yourself, you 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 get you get the bus ticket, not just the three skulls, which are the ultimate thing. But the only reason Gunnar Olszewski not only doesn't get three skulls or a bus ticket is because he did have a good return on the free kick that helped set up a field goal after the Steelers' safety off the blocked punt. So yes, the fumble was abysmal. I think he now has what four or five touches this season, and three of them have been two of them have been fumbles. One has been the time when he tiptoed on the the kickoff when he shouldn't have and cost the Steelers thirty yards. And you guys should understand the great the the skulls and the stars and the bus tickets. They're not cumulative. They're more so they're they're more so individual grades for 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 this game. But I do think that Gunnar Olszewski, by all rights, should not be fielding anything else special teams moving forward. Put Minka Fitzpatrick back there and have him fair catch if you have to at this point. Well, good news. Nick Fairball talked to Anthony McFarland today in the Steelers locker room, and he said he's ready to come back. So I think there the you go. Turn- Problem can be solved. Uh, yeah, Gunner, uh, you know, uh, Connor Hayward runs into him there too. You know, uh, kind of not a great play by Connor, but Gunner's got to hold on to the football. Uh, but he did have a good return. And I'm always more willing to forgive physical mistakes and mental mistakes. So I think that's that's where I'm at with that one. He was trying hard to make a play. It's not like he was in the wrong place or doing the wrong thing. He just uh, got truck sticked by his own tight end. Um, who else we got up here? Mason Cole, very disappointed in his game so far this year. Not just this this game, but but really all season has just not been there for him. Uh, I was on the final word Sunday night. They asked me for a disappointing performance. He was the one I came up with because I just think that it has not – I had so much hope that with a more stable player next to him and say, Malu, they got a veteran to put on out either side of him and, and, and he'd be healthy this year, that he could really be a difference maker. Just has not turned out to be that way. Patrick Peterson, I think, has shown some good plays in spurts. I really think they need to figure out what they want to do with their secondary. Obviously, Joey Porter Jr. has earned some more reps. Where does Patrick Peterson fit into the mix? And, you know, Porter's such a good man corner. Peterson is not that. Can they just be a man zone platoon? Can that work? I don't know. Does he need to play some inside? I think he still has some gas in the tank, but I think it's clear he's not one of their best two outside corner options right now. I agree. He has gas in the tank and he's made plays this season, but you know, when he, when he, that was not a good game from him on Sunday. And uh, that's why Joey Porter jr. I think was getting more snaps and Joey Porter jr. Was looking good while getting more snaps. And that's why he should be starting moving forward. Last but not least, 
Well, I guess actually least um, because it's the three skull grades. And I only have one three scholar and that's Shandon Sullivan because man, he was very lucky on that Nelson Aguilar drop. That was a, that now, uh, unlike Aguilar just dropping the touchdown. And then there was another play that, that they bailed. I think it was a th- another third down play that bailed the Ravens out where he just got beat again. And listen, it'd be different if Shannon Sullivan at least did what Arthur Mollett did because Arthur Mollett got a sack on a third down in this game. He helps against the run. He's he broke physical. him past in the end zone. Broke him, well, that should have been yeah. past interference. But yeah, but uh, but 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 either way. At least he made a play. Like, that's true. At least on, he, like, he, he made a play. I don't understand how they can continue. Like Desmond King dressed and played defense and got one snap. Put him in the slot now. He didn't necessarily do a very good job on that one play. So I mean, I get, gives up a touchdown and some some question. Uh, seemed like he lined up in the wrong spot and then didn't react to the run very well. So I get it, but they've got to find a better answer. And I think part of that answer probably needs to be Patrick Peterson playing some more slot corner. We talked about it all off season. They have a bye week Now is the time. Get it done. Joey's ready. Let him start. Let Pat P play on the inside. Some minimize how much you need to use Shannon Sullivan because he does not seem to be that guy. Figure out where Desmond King fits and get him ready to play. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you at the end here. What are your biggest personnel changes you're looking at in this in this uh bye week situation what are the biggest switches that you want to see on the on on the on the team right now offense or defense as far as who gets utilized where and do you think the Steelers get active at all this year before the trade deadline uh I think it depends on how healthy they can get like you know I, I think they their their lack of wide receiver depth has been exposed here with the Deontay Johnson injury I wouldn't yeah. I guess I saw Jerry Judy's name tossed around this week like I could be interested. Uh, I think they just need another playmaker there. Maybe that guy's Denzel Mims. We'll see. Uh, but I think they need another playmaker. If if Gunner and, and Miles Boykin are not going to contribute on special teams, and so far it's been a mixed bag at best, like they're just taking roster spots from guys that can be I making agree. an impact on an offense and a passing offense that is really struggling to get separation regularly. It's struggling to create splash plays. Like I, I just think they've got to focus their roster spots more on helping this passing offense and not so much about special teams, especially when the special teams has been pretty good on the whole. And those guys have not been driving positive contributions for that unit anyway. I, I think I'd rather have a playmaker there. Good to get Ant Matt back uh, for the kick returns too. I think that takes some of the pressure off needing to have those guys uh, out there all the time. You know, feel you could feel comfortable going without Gunner because you have a returner, you have a Gunner, and Anthony McFarland who also plays pretty good on offense. You know, I think I, I think I laid out the defense. I don't know how much more the offense can do. Uh, they've got to find a way to get that running game going, like we talked about. I really think they can dive into what plays are working what plays are not working and sort of fine-tune like they run a lot of outside zone and they've not run it very well they run duo and they've done terrible at it i like some of the trap stuff they ran i like they did some crack toss in this game they've got to find the running plays that are going to work for them more regularly and 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 hone in on those going forward i'm right with you there there's there's still work that can be done here we'll see if omar khan gets to cooking again before the trade deadline he's alan saunders of steelersnow.com these were your stars and skulls great alan the people that can find you follow you and get more of your work steelersnow.com at pgh steelers now at a saunders underscore pgh on x steelers now on youtube steelers afternoon drive podcast is there 
I gave my full, I like all in a whole 20 minutes on Matt Canada and people's <laughs> insane reaction to him not overly celebrating a touchdown. So you can check that out. Me and Zachary Smith get after it every afternoon. And I think we're going to try to have Carter on this week. I say that every week. And sometimes I'm lying and sometimes I'm not. You're like Pat Narduzzi telling me who's I healthy. I did you try. You tried late. You tried like did, on the last day. I did try. I did try. You're like Pat Narduzzi not telling us who's injured and who's not every every single week. Trying to tease people when I'm not even coming on. It better happen this week. Anyways, he's Alan Saunders at SteelersNow.com. Check out all his work there. Thanks, Alan, for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at post-gazette.com. And find me here on the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, and including our bonus episodes on the weekend sometimes, on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes. Also, quick note here, I do apologize if you could not find us on Apple Podcasts Monday for whatever reason. We uploaded everything. There was a mistake there, either on from Megaphone or Apple Podcasts. We're trying to lock it down. So if you can't find us on Apple Podcasts, do not fret. There is an episode. I don't miss episodes unless I, if I do, I put out a note for you all. But if you ever can't find the episode on Apple, go to Spotify, go to YouTube. It's definitely there or other apps there as well. We're back tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast. 